0: Today, we are starting a new series. How many of y'all know what we're starting today? Victorious Secrets. Say it right so I don't get in trouble. Now, we're going to get into this in just a minute, <clears throat> but I want to explain this title because my wife and several, of peop- several people have texted me and called me about this, but I want to explain myself, okay? <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> April goes... You know what people think about the first time they see that. And she's right. And the point is, is we got to change that. We got to change where our human brain goes first. We got to learn to train ourselves to think on what he thinks on and to, to see things his way. And, and, and to be quite honest, we the mind of a child, which we're supposed to be with God childlike, would see that and see, you know, black writing and a pink, uh, pink background. But us who's grown up in this world that has soiled us and salted us, we see that in a different light. And the whole point of this series is to teach you how to overcome things. And the first thing we have to overcome today, being part one, is, is we've got to overcome fear. You don't understand how fearful you are, and, and none of us do, because the truth is, fear is just ingrained in us. So let's just get right into this thing, and I've got a bunch of points, and I'll probably just get to two of them. So let's just dig in and see where the Lord takes us. So let's go to Psalms. <clears throat> Psalms 23. Verse 1. Now, y'all have all read this a thousand times. Psalms 23, verse 1. If you don't have a Bible, just look up on the screen. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Verse 2. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness or right standing for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff comfort me. Now, I want to break that down just a little bit. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Then the very next few verses say, he, he makes me. Verse 3 says, he restores me and he leads me for his name. He, 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 he. And then when it gets back to I, I have one job. And that's to walk. Right? I walk. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You understand? I I really want to take some time here and and, and break this down. I don't know how far we're going to get in fear today, but it's needful that you understand. If I don't get in any other text, you need to see this. It says, yea, though I walk through the valley of what? Shadow. Shadow, which means it's really not death. It's just... It's just the fear that is put on you by an enemy to make you think death is there. Your job is to walk. That's it. Just keep walking. Just keep walking. Just keep focusing. Just keep forward. Everything in this text talks about what he's done for you. Then he gives you one job. You had one job. (laughs) Keep walking. Because what we do is we walk and we look. And we walk and we talk. And we walk and we think. And we walk and we say. He didn't say any of those things. He said walk. Because David is saying, I've learned how this thing works. No, we're talking about David who slayed the lion, who slayed the bear, who slayed Goliath. We're talking about David who by himself took out entire battalions. We're talking about David who in the natural looked like he could just handle anything. But here he is saying that, that I understand fear is fake. I understand that it's real. Now, I'm not saying that you don't have healthy respect for things, Okay. But now, now I want to let me try to, to break this down for you. Now let's go to, let's go to 2 Timothy verse 1. I'm sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. We're going to read this in the New Living Translation. But the King James says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, uh, but the power of love and, and sound mind. The New Living Translation says it this way For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, say timidity, but of power, of love, and what? Self discipline. Now, self-discipline is one of those things that it sounds good and, and it's wonderful. And, you know, this morning, I, I, like to think, I like to think I'm a pretty strong guy. I like to think that nothing really bothers me. I like to think those things. <clears throat> but when I walked to get in my truck this morning, I walked through a spider web. And it's amazing to me I get all my cardio in in 90 seconds. <laughs> good grief. <laughs> You know, then I get here and ants get on my coffee. So then your body just, and you like to think this stuff doesn't bother you, but it does because you're like, did I swallow any? You know, it's just, you're telling yourself, it's just protein. You're trying to go back to every Survivor show you've ever seen. It's just protein, but you swallowed an ant, man. You know, that kind of thing. But those are funny things, but believe it or not, those are seeds that get in us. Those things begin to grow. But what I want to see in this is God has not given us a spirit of timidity, now, this word timidity, actually, when you really, we talked about it Wednesday night, but when you really dig into it, it's just the word cowardice. God has not given you the spirit of timidity or the spirit to be a coward. He's not asked you to be afraid of anything. And if he's the creator of the universe, he, and he's asked you not to be afraid, then why should you be? Now, now I really, really, really want to slow down and get this to you. Just don't think it's going to happen. we fix to have some fun. Now, Timidity means that some point in your life somebody has intimidated you. That's what that means. No matter what it is, it could be in sports, it could be in life, it could be in your relationships. It could be. It doesn't matter. Somewhere somebody's intimidated you. And when you become timid, you become that person. Now listen to me. I, you may be that person. You may have seen this person, but I've, as a pastor, I've seen it a lot. You see that person that in their marriage, whether it's male or female, when when they've been intimidated. They cow down to everything that person says, no matter what it is. And you look back. Now, let me tell you, when I met April, I didn't ask for permission, so I'm fixing to show you just my timidity. When I met April, she was very timid. That's the truth. Y'all wouldn't know it now. But she was very timid. And somewhere along the way, she just decided she wasn't going to take no crap from nobody no more. Just so happened, I happened to be the one that caught it. (laughs) But she made up her mind Today is the last day that i'm gonna live like this Because she realized what had caused her fear and pain her whole life no longer existed The shadow was still there. Oh, come on now. The shadow was still there But it wasn't real And god said walk You just walk So she wasn't timid anymore and and the truth is is I've i in our marriage I've never wanted her to be intimidated and she ain't praise the Lord but but <laughs> but she she has become she's she's gone like the opposite of timid is where she's at praise the Lord she's way over there I'm still back here going dodging mood swings you know stuff like that I'm playing I'm gonna tell that story she was uh I'm sorry baby I'm gonna tell the story I ain't even looking at her uh she, <laughs> We lived, we lived in our, our mobile home before we got our house, and, and uh, she, she was pregnant with somebody. Shoot, there's so many now, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know why I try. <laughs> oh. <sighs> Keep walking. <laughs> I'm going to walk right up here. What I'm going to do. Now, look, she moves. Y'all, y'all supposed to be security now. You know? <laughs> no, they're like, we ain't touching Miss Abril. But she, no, no, you better not. Uh, so we, we were in our bedroom. And uh, she was, it, it wasn't her fault because she was, it, she was having a rough pregnancy. And she was having some fear over the pregnancy. We were having a tough time. And uh, something happened. And I dove from the bathroom to the ground. You remember that? Just dove. Yeah, she's like, yeah, I understand. I dove. She thought I had a heart attack, so she come running over there, you okay? And I'm like up under half, up under the bed, and she said, what are you doing? I said, I just missed that mood swing. It went, it went right over my head. <laughs> Y'all don't ever do that because <laughs> I hadn't missed one since. <laughs> and the, truth, the truth is, it, it, you know, she was having a rough time, so was I. It was just one of those days, but let's get back on task before I get in real trouble. Um, <laughs> she said, Amen. But it says, God has not given us the spirit of timidity, but of power. Let's put that back up there, Juan. There you go. But of power, right? Love and what? Self-discipline. Self-discipline is that thing. It's that thing where we think we make ourselves better. That's not what this is talking about. That self-discipline is actually being more defined as being disciplined by the Spirit of God. Being allowed. Now, you need to have human self-discipline. You really do. I mean, that's just the truth. But you've been called to a place where you must be willing to let him mold you every day. And that is the hardest thing to do because we think we got us. Especially if you, now listen, if you've been timid for more than a day and you decided you're over it, you just ain't going to let nobody tell you what to do. And the problem with that attitude is now you've gone so far you've eliminated God. Because I want to tell all of y'all something, and I love all of you very, very dearly. But here's the here's the truth. You can't fix you. You can't. If you could, you wouldn't need a. You wouldn't need Jesus. If you could fix yourself, that would have never been need for a cross. But what's a beautiful thing that you get to pour yourself into something and let Him remold you into something? This is one of the secrets of the Bible. Is that fear? Listen, is never fear until you say it. I love aviation. I've told y'all this a thousand times. Y'all are probably tired of me talking about aviation. I love flying. I'm going to get Ray in a plane one day, a little bitty one, make him puke everywhere. But I got in the plane and we spent over, over three or four days. We got over 20 hours in. That's a lot of time in a small aircraft in that short a period of time. And we were just doing training and maneuvers and stalls and 60-degree and turns, which my kids love, April hates, and all that kind of stuff. And we got on the ground and my instructor said, you know what, you're the first student I've had in a long time that never... You never said you were afraid. You never now was I? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because you gotta have at least hundred hours on a plane for you to get past fear. I mean, that's just tr- get past that inside. But I never said anything. Because I knew. Now let me explain something to you. I'm a faith guy. You cut me, I bleed faith. But faith only works where you speak it. And if you speak faith, and if God has to be held to your word, do you think Satan's bigger than that? Yea, as I walk through the valley of the shadow. The shadow is there to get you to say what's going on on the inside. And if you get to the place that you talk more about what's going on. Now listen, fear is an emotion. But it doesn't have to be spoken. Listen, fear really doesn't become fear until you say it. It's just a feeling. Now, here's where us faith people have failed. Now, is it okay if I just pull the curtain back? Us faith people have taught, don't fear. In the name of Jesus, you're not afraid. Well, no, you got something going on on the inside. But for us to deny that is wrong. That doesn't mean that you don't have the emotion. It, it means that you don't give the emotion a voice. Because when you give that emotion a voice, it becomes real and the shadow begins to grow. The Bible says very clearly, let, let's just look at it. Let's, it's just easier if I show it to you. That way you know I'm not crazy. Go to Job chapter 3, verse 25. <clears throat> Job chapter 3, verse 25. Now, understand, Job, this was Job's life. Every day he would get up and run out and, and, and make a sacrifice unto the Lord. Every day, every day. Well, my kids might be partying. They might be drinking. They might get killed in a car wreck. They might lose this. They might, something might happen. They might get a hangnail and they get infected, gangrene set in. That, that might happen. You know, there's a lot of things that might happen. But let me tell you something. Job said this. For the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. His kids got killed. Tornadoes came down. God, now listen to me. Listen, listen to what he's saying. The thing that I greatly feared has come upon me. The translation is the things that I said have come upon me. He might now. Let me tell you something. I'm a dad, and and I, I trust me, I'm, I'm not so super spiritual that I think nothing's ever going to happen to my kids, or they not, you know, things aren't going to happen in life. What I'm not going to do is wake up every morning worried about it. What I'm going to do is wake up and plead the blood over my family, which I do every day of my life, whether I feel like I'm saved or not. I know y'all all holy, but I have a day or two. And the truth is. I don't talk about what they might do because they ain't done it. And I'm not going to talk about what they have done because if they have, they've repented. What I'm going to talk about is what the blessing of the Lord says. And the blessing of the Lord says they're the head and not the tail. All of you are the head and not the tail, the above and not beneath. That's what you are. According to God, you are what he created you to be, not the mess you're in. See, we think we are the mess we're in. You're not. You're walking. You're walking. Just stop talking. Oh, yeah. You ever been with those people and you're just like, oh, shut up. Somebody just said amen and their husband went. (laughs) I'm playing. I I am living, breathing proof of a person that needs to learn to shut up. Because I love to cut up. And I find the line and I go way over it. Just because I want to. But the truth is, when you live in fear, you go now. Let me tell you something about fear. First of all, it's a bully. Now, when I say bully, we ain't talking about we talking about today's bully. Now, we ain't talking about my my generation. Now, when that was a bully, and when I was a kid in school, you know your daddy tell him bust them in the mouth, they leave you alone. That was a bullying. Now, this kind of bullying is different because today's bully has my, has has every kind of social media there is, where there's no accountability. You understand that is what the enemy is in your life. It's a voice with no accountability. His end is secure. He knows where he's going, but he knows he's got time to mess with you. And if he can get you to see yourself to the way he sees you versus how God sees you, this is what will happen. Because the things that you greatly fear will come upon, you'll start talking about the things that have you all messed up on the inside. Are you all with me? Because when when you start talking about the stuff that has you all messed up on the inside, that's the stuff you become obsessed with. Pastor Tony Collins is a great friend of mine. And he's in Moulton, Alabama. Pastor's a huge church, thousands of people. And he will tell you, when when he was younger, even as a pastor, he was so full of fear. I don't know what happened to him as a child. I don't know if he was in a house fire or his house fire, I don't know. But he was in such fear that his house was going to burn down that he couldn't sleep. And that he would get up and go unplug everything in the house and go back to bed. Then he would get up and, and go make sure the, the fire was out and the furnace was off. Then he would get up. Now listen to me. Then he would get up. Now this is the truth. I'm not embellishing one bit. He would get up, pull the stove out from the wall and unplug it. Then go turn all the breakers off. And by that time, it's time to get up. And he said that was almost every night of his life. Now, this is a man who, who teaches on, on such a level. Now, I wish I could attain where he's at. But he overcame it by understanding he kept talking this up by saying to his wife, I'm worried this is going to happen. I'm worried I can't help it. But see, what we do, listen to me. Hey, Christian folks right here. We run to Christian people. And we talk about our problems, not understanding that we're still giving voice to the enemy. Now, I'm not saying be fake. However, I am saying be quiet. Because anything that's bigger than you should be taken to something bigger than you. Because I've lived my life. I've lived my life understanding what fear has done. I've seen how it's destroyed people. I've seen how it's destroyed my life and people's lives. And I've made up my mind that we have to overcome fear. And it's so simple to overcome fear. It's just by not acknowledging the fact. Listen, I'm not saying not acknowledging the emotion. Because it's there. Listen, I'm not saying fake it. However, I am saying take that to him. Because it's at the altar where you get free. It's in the conversation with him that you get free because you have to learn to stay there until freedom comes. Most people can't worship because they're afraid somebody will see them. Most people don't come to the altar because they're afraid people will wonder what they did. Most people won't ask for prayer because people want to know what's wrong. Most people won't talk to anybody except for the problem because they don't think that they're good enough to have the answers. And the truth is all of those are wrong. You are called anointed and appointed to walk in something way beyond yourself. But it takes faith. And fear will always stop you. If you'll read Job, now we're not going to do it today because there's, um, you know, there's a bunch of chapters, but I think it's chapter 41 or 42 where it starts talking about Leviathan. Now, you have to read that on your own. But it gives this gigantic list of Leviathan. But if you really read, you'll see, first of all, Leviathan is a type and shadow of Satan. And it's giving you a list of the things that that Leviathan has rule over. And every one of them have to do with the breath. And the word breath is defined words. And then it goes into verse 42. And Job, who has gone through hell on earth, fell on his knees before the Lord and said, My words have been against you. What did he ever say against God? Until he got mad and said something, but he said he was talking about his whole life. What words were against God? The words of fear. And then he says this. He says, look, where I'm at, I've gone so deep. This is Job, and it's so beautiful. See, Job is about a book of victory. It's not about a book of, of being hurt. You just got to get all the way to the end of it to find it. And then when you get to the end of it, you see that Job says, if I keep digging, I may be low, but if I keep digging, there's gold down here. His words changed. And then, listen, when his words changed, God did something amazing. God went and got the three guys that was talking bad about him and made them give Job his money. Y'all keep talking about me. (laughs) I'm just playing. But isn't it amazing that the people that hear God were still talking about Job, but yet they could still hear God? I'll let that sink in for a second. They were talking bad about Job, but they could still hear God. Which means Christian people can make a mess. You can hear God and still miss it. Don't get in fear over that, but man, we got to get to a place where we're really willing to see that it's what comes out of us that happens to us. And God has put in you an ability to get past. Now let me let me say this. The Bible says, I have not given you a spirit of fear. Right? What you do. When you begin to talk, you invite that spirit of fear into your life. You're sending up a cattle call for any spirit that's attached to fear to come in your life and begin to work. Now, this may, not be, this may not be shouting material, but this will change your life. I grew up, let me explain something to you. I lost my dad when I was 12. I watched cancer go through his body. I watched him have heart attacks, open-heart surgeries. I watched his lungs just deteriorate with cancer. I watched cancer get in his bones. He stood up from a recliner and his legs snapped under his own weight. I saw this as a 12-year-old little boy. So my entire life, the enemy has completely tried to get him. Every time I've had this pain or that pain or this going on, my mind wants to say, well, it's generational. Here it comes. But my, and, and I failed to this. Don't get me wrong. I failed to it. There's been times I've, I've, I've messed up. But most of the time, most of the time I go back to, I'm fine. Everything's fine. God's called me to something and I'll accomplish it. I'll live and not die. My days will be plenty. That's not easy. That's not easy. But here's what I want you to get today. Now listen. Faith is activated by your words. Now we talk, listen, uh, we've all talked about Uh, different actions and money and blah, 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 blah. Faith is not activated by any of those things. Faith is activated by your words. You will say what you believe. You will. Now, in here, we'll amen and shake hands and love on each other. But at the restaurant in four hours, what you believe will come out of you. Now, it's your job to take a list and an inventory of what it is that's really coming out of you. Amen. Because you find out who you are when you start paying attention to the things that are coming out of you. Now, let me try to move forward just a little bit. Now, fear is an enemy that God wants you to overcome. Hebrews 11 and 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Fear is a spirit. When you're afraid of fear, you're having faith in Satan's gospel. Now, I can't tell your story, but if if I pass the mic around, all of you would have a story on what you think good news would be in your life. Some of you, it's your children coming home. Some of it's your body being healed. Some of it is whatever's going on in your life financially being fixed. All kinds of stories. And if those things were miraculously put back together in your life and God's will is for those things to happen and they come by faith, then you have a good news story. It's good news to you that those things happen, right? Amen. This is Y'all, y'all with me? Well, when you start talking fear, and telling your story that you're afraid your house is going, oh, my kid's going to have a car wreck on the way home from school. Or, I, can't, I can't do this because, of this. my God, if I, you know, we, we, can't, we can't go fishing in the Gulf because kids might fall out of the boat. We can't, can't get in a little airplane because it might go down. All these different things. And you're saying them, you're, you're telling the enemy, not the Holy Ghost, his good news. And his good news is very simple. I got him. Isn't that Amazing. That when you just go to get something off your chest to someone, that very thing gets bigger. Now, well, Pastor, what about the Bible says, you know, confess, confess your sins one to another. That, listen, again, we talking about going up. We ain't talking about going linear. You go with people that can help you. If you don't know Alan's problem and you can't help Alan with his problem, you don't get to hang out and know Alan any more of his problem. Because the truth is, is if you can't help me, all I can do is love you, you can love me, but we're going somewhere where we can get help. Now, this is what I really want you to see, and we're going to try to to get get this very, very clear. It's not fear until you speak it out of your mouth. Go, uh, let's see where we're going. Go to Genesis chapter 3. Now, I'm laying a big scripture foundation because my good preaching is wonderful, but the truth is if you don't have these scriptures in your heart, it won't matter. Genesis 3, verse 8. Genesis 3, verse 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves for the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Now, the Bible says, and I think it's 1 John, I can't remember which chapter, but perfect love casts out all fear. So why were they afraid? Because they had listened to the enemy. They had listened to the spirit of fear. They begin to, they, they to settle themselves in something. God said to them, there's only one thing I don't want you to do. There's a tree that, you, that, that is the tree of life. Then there's a tree that's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So they had an understanding of good, which they already had from God, but they had an understanding of evil and fear came on them. And fear overtook them. And when God showed up, now let me explain something to you. This is, lo, this is missed in this text. God calls unto them and he says, Adam, where are you? Now he's looking right. You think God didn't know where they were? I mean, he's God. He's saying, not where are you geographically, where's your heart? And he gave Adam an opportunity to fix it and say, God, I'm sorry. But Adam said, This woman you gave me, Lord. And we're still saying that today. Hallelujah. Now, now I ain't got time to go through the whole book of Genesis, but God then scooped up the tree of life and took it into the heavenlies because here's why. Now, I'm giving you theology 101, but stay with me. If they would have eaten from the tree of life, then they would have forever been locked into good and evil with no salvation. So God stopped it where it was. Now, look, this is a good, good father. This is why you don't have to fear God. Because even in their failure, God, with tears in his eyes, made his own sacrifice and took animals. God didn't need them to have clothes. But they had a fear that needed them. Now, listen, this is about fear. They had a fear that their nakedness now had kept them away from God. So God's going to clothe them. I'm going to do whatever it takes to fix you so you can still come to me. There's no fear in a God like that. When you understand that God loves you where you are, when you understand that God is not angry with you, that he's not mad at you, that he's not trying to cause you problems, that all this fear that's in you is not... God, listen, God cannot give you what he does not have. God does not have fear. He does not have sickness. He does not have disease. God doesn't have those things. Those things are earthly. Those things are here. And those things are a part of an enemy that you've got to learn to just walk right on path. Well, pastor, what about what if I get the report from the doctor? What if you do? What if you do? You go directly to the Lord. You don't talk to nobody else. April will tell you real quick, if I'm at after hours, don't be texting nobody. Period. Because not everybody going to be saying the right things. Some of y'all be in here talking about, hey, praise the Lord, shama, shama. Oh, pastor's a goner. No, sir, you don't get to know that about me. And if I'm giving y'all some advice, don't let other people know your business. Because the truth is, is you've got to get to a place where you're so secure with your father that you know he's willing to help you no matter where you find yourself. And if you can get to that place, then all you have to do is lay it out before him and leave it when you walk. Nobody leaves their stuff at the altar anymore. Everybody's reminding everybody of their failure. Everybody wants to bring up where you screwed up. Listen, we all have. But here's the beautiful thing. God don't see that. God ain't mad at y'all. He's not mad at his people. He's not trying to cause problems. He's not trying to hurt us. He's not trying to get there. Resisting fear is one of those things. People say, well, if you resist the enemy, he'll flee. How? How will he flee? Tell me that. See, we love to quote scriptures. We don't know how. He flees because he cannot stay in the presence of love. He can't. Now, can I throw something else at you? Can I get real deep? Real, real deep. If you sow it, it continually grows in your life, correct? All right, come on, word people. If you sow it, it grows. If you go outside and you keep throwing grass seed in the same spot, one spot is going to be and the rest of it is going to be low, right? Right? You understand that the Bible, when it talks about Satan, everything that's loving, pure, and kind has been stripped from him. And he has to live by the same word you have to live by. And if all he sows is fear, what do you think his heart is full of? What do you think he's afraid of? That you're going to figure out who you are. If you ever figure out who you are and you don't have to live this way, things absolutely begin to change in your life. Your words change, your eyes change, your posture changes, the things that come out of you changes, the way you carry yourself in different situations, you become that person that the enemy doesn't want. And when it says resist and he will flee, he has to flee because fear can't stay where light is. And when you get to the place that the light is shining through you, it ain't about you, it's about him. And if you get to the place that he can shine through you because all you want is for him to show, now you're moving to a place where perfect love is casting out all fear and you can just walk. You ever seen people that just stroll? They just stroll. Like we go to the mall, and April's like, we're holding hands and she'll like pull me back because I'm like taking, man, I, mean, I got to get where I'm going, you know. And, and she's trying to keep up. Her leg's like an inch and a half long. She's, she's trying to keep going. And she's like, you got to slow down and just enjoy the walk. Well, I ain't got time to enjoy the walk. I got somewhere to get. Well, see, that's a trick of the enemy. Because we're focused on a goal that's unattainable sometimes. We're not focused on the ride. I used to preach to y'all. I don't know if y'all remember this. I remember as a kid. I'm two minutes over. Y'all okay? I remember when I was a kid, we used to go, uh, we'd come from, I grew up on Dolphin Island and Grand Bay. So we would come from Grand Bay up to uh, Wetumpka, Alabama, and then from Wetumpka to Ashland, we'd see my aunts and uncles and then go see my grandparents. And I'll be honest with you, I don't remember any of those trips except for the one where my granddaddy almost beat my brother and made him get a haircut. That was a great day. But, <laughs> but I don't remember a lot of these trips. But you know what I do remember? Riding in the back of that Pinto station wagon. It was the journey. Now, now at forty six, I'm thinking that was a death trap. If we'd have got rear ended. It cut my legs off. You know, you see how fear gets in. You see, I mean, that's that's funny. But think about it. We tell stories now. Boy, when I was a kid, you know. But y'all ain't going out there to do that stuff I used to do. Y'all, we have to stop fear and its tracks. And it's not as easy as you think because we live in it and we don't even understand it. We live in fear because we're now. Listen, let me let me clarify. I'm not saying be wise because the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. But that word fear is a different word. That is defined honor and respect. You honor and respect power, right? That that light switch behind in that sound booth right there, that is what gears our power, right? Now, if you don't respect that switch and you stick your tongue in there, Now, I'm going to stand there and giggle for a while, but I'll get you off. But it will make you fearful never to touch it again. But if you just understand, I just got to respect that because coming through that powers all this. There's no fear there. Now, I'm going to try to wrap up right here. God doesn't need you to be afraid of him. The only person that ever needs you to be afraid of them is somebody who doesn't know who they are and afraid you'll figure out that they can't hurt you. And when you figure out that the enemy is full of fear and that he can't slow you down, unless he gets you to say you can't, your life will change. Victoria's secret number one. Time to overcome fear. Amen. Bow your heads with me. Praise team, come on up. I just need musicians today, just musicians. Right where you're at, every hit, nobody needs to stand. They're just going to move and play real soft. The light, they're going to lower the lights down. and I'm just going to pray a simple prayer. Then we're going we're to move forward. Father, some people fear has gripped their life so strong. Some people have feared, and they're, they're may, they may be too prideful to admit it Lord some of us have fear but we don't want to put words on it and other, others have fear and they just think that's how you're supposed to live but Lord I pray right now that the fear of who you are begins to break you know Father I talk to you every day in this, on this carpet I I'll, I'll lay my face down here I walk and I say Lord keep people to a point keep people to a point to where they're not afraid to give their life to you. So Father, I pray right now for Judgment Day honesty. I pray that everybody in this room just gets their hearts settled. That you're not a God that's angry, that you're not a God that hurts, you're not a God to cause pain. If you are in this room, I don't want any fear in this room. Hold up on the drums just a minute, Seth. I'm gonna let you go in just a minute. Thank you, though. If I want everybody to hear me. If you've ever been in fear of a, in fear of a church or coming to the front, we eliminate all that. But if you need Jesus, on the count of three, all you have to do is raise your hand and put it back down and we're all gonna pray together. Nobody, and I do mean nobody, is gonna make you feel bad, uncomfortable, or drag you out. So if you say these words, Pastor Allen, I need Jesus in my life, I know it's time. I know I gotta get a few things fixed. It's time for the fear to come to an end. If that's you, on the count of three, hands up and back down. One, two, three, all across this place. Amen, hands are up, put them right back down. More hands, yes. Hands all across the place. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, I want everybody to say these words with me. And I want you to say, those of you who raised your hands, and it was several of you, say these loud and proud because it's time for your life to be in faith and not fear. Say this, say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I accept the free gift of salvation I accept Jesus into my heart thank you Lord for saving me from this point forward I want to live for you speak to me lead me and guide me and I will not fold to fear another day in my life because I'm saved in Jesus name amen people got saved today church hey, people got saved now go ahead guys stand to your feet all across the place We